0: doing a series of lessons on godly values. Values which believers in Christ should embrace and live by. Now, before we go any further, let me give you once again the definition of what values are. You may want to write this down because I have asked a couple of people after the lesson on our webinar church, do you know what the values are? What is the definition of values? And they couldn't give me an accurate answer. Listen, values are a set of beliefs and practices that we treasure and consider to be important as they form the foundation for which, for the way in which we live our lives. They are what a person considers highly important in life, and therefore he esteems it precious and honorable. You got that? Why are we teaching on this important subject? Because Jesus gave us a fundamental principle in life. He said, where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. Treasure is something you consider valuable, important in life. So we can also say it this way. Where your values are, or depending what your values are, there will your heart be also. In other words, your heart will wrap itself around those beliefs, those practices, those values, and pursue them with all your might. Now the values we practice are the very ones which, we, which are born out of revelation knowledge, given to us by the Spirit of God through the Word of God. In other words, these values are brought into our personal value system as a result of a personal conviction of what is right, what is holy, and what is honorable in the eyes of God. My values might be different from your values, but I'm sure you have your own values in your own life, in your own value system, which those values are birthed out of deep conviction and belief that this is right, this is holy, and this is honorable in the eyes of God. Therefore, I embrace them and I live by them. Are you with me? Now, values help to shape and strengthen our character as well as determine what is important in our lives. You tell me what your values are, and I will tell you what kind of a person you are. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Now, the only way we can set our affection on things above is by valuing what God values. You with me? By loving what God loves. And where our values are, there will our hearts be. If you recall, last Sunday we looked at the value of spending time, quality time, in the Word of God and in fellowship with our Heavenly Father in prayer. Those uh, two are two of my top-of-the-list values. I live by those values. I shared with you some of my own personal testimony that how throughout the years of my walk with the Lord, these two values that I daily practice have kept me away from the paths of the destroyer. They have enriched my life. They have blessed me because of these values that I have embraced and practiced on a daily basis. Spending time, quality time, in the Word, reading it, studying it, meditating in it, practicing the Word, and spending time in fellowship with God in prayer. Now, today I want to share another value which I have endeavored to live by since I have come to Christ many years ago. This value is also very important to me. I do not profess to have perfected it in my daily walk, but I have certainly tried to walk in it to the best of my ability. Over the years, I have grown in this value and continue to do so. But I do not profess to have arrived. Any of you arrived anyway? Amen. The value that I want to teach on today is the value of living by faith in God and His Word as opposed to trusting in myself, in other people, or in the circumstances I find myself in. The value of living and walking by faith in God and His Word As opposed to trusting in my own strength, abilities, gifts, talents, trusting in other people, or trusting in the circumstances I find myself in. Now, this practice of living and walking by faith can be applied in every sphere of our lives, it can be applied in your finances. It can be applied in your physical well-being. You trust God, you believe God to keep you well. You, Will you fall sick, you trust, you believe God, you trust in His Word to bring divine healing to your body. It can be applied in receiving divine guidance and divine direction or in any other area of your life. The Word of God says that the just should live by faith. There's no other way for us to live by. So when I say living by faith, what do I mean? Living by, trusting, and depending on the promises of God given to you by the Spirit of God. As opposed to trusting in yourself, in other people, or in what you see and what you feel in this natural world. Jeremiah says, he said something very important. Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 5 through to 8, says the following. Let's read it together. It's on the board. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man, Amen, and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord, for he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes." But its leaf will be green, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. What a blessed word from the Lord. Now Jeremiah compares the man who trusts in man and in the arm of the flesh to the man whose trust and faith is in the Lord. Does he do that? Here we see the results of one compared to the other. They are far apart from dark to light and from the curse to the blessing. The one is cursed and the other is what? Blessed. Now anyone with a sound mind would choose to trust and hope in the Lord, right? Rather than trusting in man and in what man can do or promise. Would you agree with me? Yet so many choose to rely on their own strength, in their own wisdom, in their own abilities, rather than choosing to trust in the Lord. And you ask yourself, why is that? Why is that? Well, the Scripture gives us an answer. The simple answer to this question is because they do not believe the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. You ask another question. Why would anyone in his right mind would not believe the good news of the kingdom? The scripture also gives us an answer. There's an explanation for this unbelief. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4 tells us why. You know the Bible has the answer for every, every situation, every question that we may have God has given us an answer. Do you agree with me? Come on, praise God. Now, let's read that why. Why do people choose to trust in themselves, trust in the arm of the flesh, trust in the politicians, trust in the circumstances, trust in the riches, rather than trusting in the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God? 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3 and 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. There is an enemy out there in the world an unseen spiritual enemy and he is called what what is he called he is called the god of this world the god who controls and runs and manipulates the lives of all unbelievers is called the god of this world the bible says that the whole world lies in the hands of the wicked one what does he do he blinds and he twists the mind of people who do not believe the good news so that the glorious light of the gospel of christ should should not shine unto them what does he do he blinds the minds of people hello We've got to be careful that our minds are not blinded in certain areas. That is why it's so important to know the Word of God, to know the promises of God, to know what belongs to you because you are in Christ. Amen? Amen? Now, my purpose in, in sharing this, this word to you with you this morning is to help you shift your faith and your confidence from the arm of the flesh or from yourself. So that you can trust in the living God. The days are coming when you will not be able to live as a Christian any other way but only by faith. Amen. Living by faith in God and His Word simply means that you recognize God as your sole source of existence, no other but God alone. The psalmist said this quite often. He said, in God alone is my strength. In God alone is my help. God alone is my refuge. In Him will I trust. So living by faith, walking by faith, simply means that you recognize the Lord your God as your sole source of existence. As a result of this unwavering conviction and belief... You depend on Him for everything in your life. Not just some things, but all things. You, you learn to trust Him. You learn to depend on Him. You live by faith. That's what living by faith means. You live every single day depending on the Word of God, on the grace of God, on the promises of God, and you put His Word into practice every single day of your life, in every sphere of life. That's what it means living by faith. Are you with me? Is that a good value to adopt in your own personal walk? Amen. Amen. Now, that means you have surrendered your past, you have surrendered your present you have surrendered your future into His hands and hands alone, and then you have rolled all of your cares, all of your anxieties, all of your worries on Him, and you live a life that is completely dependent on Him and His grace. Do You know, worry is as much as a sin as adultery is. <laughs> do, you, do you really believe that? Usually we categorize our sins. Some heavyweights, some (laughs) lightweights. Amen? Being anxious, worrying, and fretting is a sin. Amen? What's going to happen to me? Where am I going to go? Who's going to take care of me? I'm so lonely. I'm this and I'm that. That's not living by faith. That's living by worry. That's living by fear. Amen? That's living by being anxious. The Word of God says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and then the peace of God, what will, what will it do? Will fill your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? Amen? That's what it means to live by faith. This is the definition of living by faith. As a child is dependent upon his parents, right? The child, that's why Jesus said, blessed are the little children. And unless we become like little children in our attitude, in our trust, we will in no wise into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? The child depends upon his parents to do what? To provide, to care for their child. So is the person who's living by faith, He is dependent on his heavenly Father to provide and care for him all the days of his life and in every sphere of life. Hello. Have you ever seen a six-year-old worrying what they're going to eat tomorrow? (laughs) How they're going to pay their bills? No. Why? They have such trust in their parents to take care of them. And so we should be living life that way, depending on our Heavenly Father, for He said, If you seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, all of these things shall be added to you. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that a blessed life? A life that's free from fear, free from care, free from anxiety. I'm not saying you're not going to be tempted. You will be severely tempted. But it's what you do with a temptation that proves whether you live by faith or you live by fear and worry and anxiety and stress. What kills us the most is stress and worry. Now, this kind of living, Bible says, is well-pleasing to our Heavenly Father because God delights in you trusting in Him. And when we do trust in Him, then He shows Himself strong, generous, kind, merciful, especially to those whose trust is in the Lord. That's the only way you're going to get to know and experience the goodness of God, when you trust in Him when you believe Him to come through for you, when you have no other evidence besides the promise and the Word of God to lean and to rely on. Amen? God delights in that. Nothing pleases God more than you depending on Him and His Word. He loves to be trusted. He loves to be dependent upon. He loves to provide for us. He loves to be able to lead and guide us, to give us wisdom and understanding. That's what he does. That's who he is. He is our heavenly Father. Hebrews 10:38. Now the just. Who are the just? Every single person who's been born again by the Spirit of God has a relationship with God, has been declared justified, just as you had never sinned. Now the just shall live by what? By faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. It does not say I will not love him anymore, but I will not take pleasure in the person who has drawn away from living by faith. Amen? Now, the one who lives by faith, who has embraced this value, and he lives by it, will have the evidence, listen carefully, of God's blessing in his life. There will be fruit. There will be evidence. Are you with me? Now, these evidence of the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, they serve as a testimony to how faithful God is in providing, in taking care of His children. They serve as a testimony of the goodness of the Lord, but also they serve as a showcase or a place of attraction where sinners are concerned. When people see your lives are blessed, when you are blessed in every sphere of life, people will stand up and take notice of you. You are the advertising board of the Lord. Amen? Without saying a word. People can see the evidence of the blessing of the Lord in your life, and they get attracted to you. They come to the light. They come to the blessing. When they see your life is free from anxiety, free from worry, free from stress, free from debt, free from sickness and disease, your family is in order, your lives are in order, your children are in order. Hey, <laughs> you stand out. Hello? And you serve as a testimony to God's blessing. And so you draw people. Hello, you with me? Praise God. You know, I have devoted my life to the ministry and to the service of God's church. I long to see a restored church. That's my dream. I dream of a church that walks in the blessing of the Lord in every sphere of life so that the world may see the goodness of the Lord and be attracted to Him. Is that your dream? Do you strive for that kind of life? Well, I know that the only way for the church to be restored to her glory is for her to learn to live and walk by faith. That's the only way, folks. No other way. Living by faith is not staying awake all night worrying about your life, worrying about your children, worrying about your grandchildren, if you have any, or your business or career. That's not a life of faith. That's a life of unbelief. That means you haven't surrendered your life and your loved ones in the hands of God. Living by faith does not mean that you work yourself to death to an early grave trying to get somewhere or achieve something. That's not living by faith. And there are many who are doing that even in the church. Amen? The Bible talks about those who spend, burn the midnight oil, striving and sweating to arrive somewhere. But the Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. If God is not in it, what have we achieved? Amen? Now, living by faith, listen, means that you enter into God's rest. I will explain what that means. If you're a Bible student, you should know what it means to enter into the rest of God. So, a plain definition, living by faith, means that you have entered into that blessed rest of God. It means that you cease from your own labors. You cease from your own works and allow God to work through you that which is pleasing in His sight. In other words, you are not doing the works anymore, but the grace of God within you works that which is pleasing to God, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Did you get that? Philippians says, For it is God who works in you, both the willingness to do it and the actual doing." Both to will and to do what? His good pleasure. So who is working here? The grace of God in me works the very will of God. While I rest. That is what the Bible calls the Sabbath of the Lord. You know, some people still today adhere the Sabbath day. They don't understand. In the Old Testament, it was a day. In the New Testament, the Sabbath of the Lord is the Lord Himself. I live in the Lord. I live in the rest of God. Not every Saturday, every single day. That's living by faith. It's not a day anymore, it's a person. And His name is Jesus. Amen? You cease from your own labors, And you allow God to work through you by His Spirit, both to will and to do His good pleasure. Listen to what Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through to 11 says. There remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered His rest, that's God's rest, has himself also ceased from His works, as God did from His. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. You got that? Let us labor therefore, labor to do what? To enter into that blessed walk of faith into that blessed rest of God. The Bible says that he who believes has entered into God's rest. Now, that does not mean that you sit back and do nothing. What are you doing? I'm living by faith. You're not working, you're not doing anything, but you just living. That's not living by faith, that's living by foolishness. Amen. You laugh, but you'd you be surprised how many genuine believers are doing that, living by faith. The Bible says, if a man does not work, he should not eat. Now, let's explain that. The life of faith, listen to me, the life of faith is filled with good works, not just words. The work, the, the works we speak of are the works of faith as we respond in obedience to the Word of God. What the Bible calls corresponding actions to our faith. You can't say you have faith and you have no works. James says, well, show me your faith without your works. You can't. Faith without works is dead. Just like the body without my spirit living in it is dead. Amen? Now, let me explain it to you from the Scripture. Paul summarizes this work perfectly both to the Corinthians and to his epistle to the Galatians. Let's first of all read 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 10. Now, read, but but read. Don't just read the words. See what the apostle is saying here. For by the grace of God... I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. Now listen. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. He seems to be contradicting himself at times. He says, I labored more abundantly than all of them. Yet, not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Who was working within Paul? The grace of God. Paul entered into the rest of God, and in that rest... He yielded completely to the grace of God to work through him. And he did it, listen, how did he do that? He did it by faith. We see this truth once again in what he wrote to the Galatians. Once you receive a revelation of what I'm saying to you, it will become much easier for you to live and walk by faith depending on the grace of God who lives within you, and by faith yielding to that grace in every situation and in every circumstance of life. Galatians 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, Paul says. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Hey, Paul, are you alive or not? (laughs) Notice what he says. Nevertheless, I've been crucified, but nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ now liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Some translations say, I live by faith in the Son, but the correct translation is, I live by the faith the Son of the Son of God. The Greek translation says, of the Son. There's a difference. That tells me that the faith Paul talks about and the faith that we have received is not our faith. It is God's faith. Do you see it? It is the God kind of faith. The life I now live in the flesh... I live it by the faith of the Son of God. That tells me that the faith by which we are called to live is not our faith, but it is Christ's faith in us. Wow. You know, God didn't just say, you shall live by faith. He gave you the faith by which you shall live with. God didn't say, love your neighbor as you love yourself or love your brother as I have loved you without giving you the love to do it with. God is not unjust to command you to do something that you're unable to do. He says, love one another as I have loved you. Why? Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which was given to us. This love that was shed in our hearts is not our love. It is the God kind of love, the Greek word agape. Are you with me? That loves without expecting anything in return. The love that Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is kind. Love is good. Love is patient. Love believes the best in every person. Love is not proud, nor puffed up. Love bears long and is kind. That's the kind of love he talks about. Now, Christ's faith resides within you. If you're a born-again believer. If Christ is in you, his faith is in you. Am I right? Now, the believer received this faith as a gift... From God, when? When He got born again. When you received Christ as Savior and Lord, this faith was given to you as a gift. Now, let's prove it from the Scriptures. Anything we say, anything we teach and preach, must be proved by the witnesses of at least two people Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. He's not talking about the grace. Everybody knows that the grace of God is a gift from God. He's talking about the faith. Right? By grace are ye saved, through faith, and that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Do you see it? Now, exercising this faith enables the believer to walk in obedience to God and do the works of God. I want you now to keep your minds open. Don't shut me out now. Okay? I'm preaching to you from the Word of God. This very fact confirms the words of Jesus in John 14, verse 12. If we have received the grace of God and the faith of the Son of God, we should be able to do what? The works of God. The works of Christ. Am I right? Okay. Jesus said in John 14, verse 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth, not the apostle, not the prophet, not the evangelist, not some super saint, but he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Do you see that? Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Now, the works of faith are the works of Christ who now lives by His Spirit within every believer. All the believer needs to do is yield to Christ by faith and His Spirit who now lives within us. The believer can forgive as Christ forgave. You can do that. Amen? Amen? Some people, I can't forgive. You don't know what they've done. That's a lie. If you believe you can't, you will not be able to. We have to believe the word of truth because truth will set you free. The believer can forgive as Christ forgave. The believer can love as Christ loves. The believer can bring healing and restoration to others as Christ did. We believe that. And if we believe that, we should practice that. That's what it means to live by faith. It means that you forgive as Christ forgave, you love as Christ loved, you bring healing and restoration to others as Christ did when He walked the earth. You are a believer. You have been given the grace, you have been given the faith of the Son of God, you have been given the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus, to do the works of Jesus here on earth. Are you with me? Now, this is the life which pleases and honors the Lord. Doing the works of God by the grace through faith. The Bible says, you are saved by grace through faith, right? You live by grace through faith. The same way we receive Christ, it is the same way we are commanded to live in this world. Living and working by the grace of God through faith is the only way for the believer to live because faith is the only thing that pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, let's read that together, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you with me? Do you see how we are supposed to live by faith? Through grace, by faith? The grace of God is in you. The faith of the Son of God is in you. What we need to do is to develop that faith. How do you develop your faith? By obeying. Obedience to the Word of God strengthens and develops the faith. Not just hearing the Word, but practicing the Word. Amen? Amen. You know, when I stepped out many years ago of the retail business into the ministry and out of Zimbabwe into South Africa, it was the biggest step of faith that I had taken up to that time. The biggest one. And he took all the faith I had, I did it with a lot of fear and trembling, depending solely on the Lord and His grace to guide and provide for me and my family. I had no organization to, to, to provide for me, no church that would support me, no missionary, no organization that said, We will pay your salary at the end of the month. I stepped out of the business world into the ministry solely based on the promise that God had given me. That was the biggest step of faith I've ever taken. But you know how God rewarded me? Richly. Praise God forevermore. This faithful decision was not taken in a vacuum. That's why we should never ever step out in faith unless we have the Word beneath our feet. I always encourage folks to base every decision, every step on the Word of God. Amen? When you have the Word as the foundation beneath your feet, you know the Word will hold you up. It will cause you to walk on the water just as Peter was able to do the impossible. He walked on the water. How did he do it? He did it by faith, on the words of Jesus who said, Come, and he stepped out of the boat. Now, when you keep your eyes on the Lord and on His word, you're able to do what is not possible for man to do. When you take your eyes off of the word of God, off of the Lord Jesus, and put them on your circumstances, or what everybody else is saying around you, that's when you fall. Amen? So... This this decision was born out of much prayer and faith. The Lord encouraged me through His Word to take the step of faith because it was the call of God upon my life. He may not call you to do the same, but He may call you to do something extraordinary in your life. Something that you cannot do in your own ability or strength. Are you with me? And we are all to do the works of Jesus. The promise upon which I stood and the word which the Lord had spoken to my spirit long before I saw the city of Cape Town, I didn't know. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 7 through to 9. Listen how well the Word of God described the city He was leading me into even though I had not seen that city. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees. I've got two fig trees in my garden. <laughs> two olive trees. Amen? pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you step out in faith, make sure you have the Word of God beneath your feet. We have people today that are, how you call a person who's, who moves on impulse... Huh? Presumption. presumption, they call it faith, but, 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 but by the fruit, you see, it's not faith. It was just presumption. They, they, they take steps, they make decisions without thinking them through, without studying or having any word from God, You see, God will apply his word to you personally as you study it, as you meditate in it, as I've said last week. And by the Spirit, he will reveal his will and his word to you. He may say, go start an orphanage. Lord, how am I going to do that? Well, if he called you to do it, know that he's given you all that you need to accomplish it. Hello? The world, the Bible says, waits patiently, groans. The whole creation is in groaning, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. When the sons of God will arise and take charge and do exploits. Daniel said, those who know their God shall do exploits. They're going to do what natural human beings cannot do but we have to accomplish the least first. Amen? So living by faith means that you live by depending on the promises of God, and the more you depend on His promises, the more you will experience His faithfulness. Living by His grace through faith is an adventure. Do you know that? It's not boring. It is a spiritual adventure in which you discover every single day the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Look at Psalm 27, verse 13, what the psalmist said. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let me say this, many have lost heart, even in the house of God. Many are discouraged. Many have lost hope today because they have lost faith in the goodness of the Lord. Let me tell you, folks, God is good. And He's good all the time. But you can only see His goodness when you exercise faith in His promises. That's the only way. God does not move on the basis of your need. You may have need. Others may have need. He will not move and meet your need unless you exercise faith in His Word. God does not move just simply because you pray and cry out to Him. God is not moved by your cries. He is only moved by your faith. He will move when you believe. He will move when you trust Him. He will move when you act on His Word. Amen? Amen? You can fast and pray and cry night after night and you won't see the faithfulness or the goodness of the Lord if you're not doing it in faith. Amen? We must believe before we see the goodness of the Lord. We must exercise our faith before we see the exceeding greatness and precious promises of God come to pass in our lives. Otherwise, you won't see them. I cannot emphasize this enough. Jesus said to Martha in John 11:40, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Most believers, they want to see, then they believe. That's putting the cart before the horse. Thomas said, unless I see, unless I put my finger in his wounds, I will not believe. Jesus said, don't be faithless. Blessed are those who have not seen but believe. Who are the blessed? Those who have not seen but have believed. Believed what? Believed what God said. Believed what God promised. When God said jump, they jumped because they believed. Not because there was something to hold them when they jumped. That's faith, folks. First you believe, then you see. Living by faith is living primarily by what you don't see and don't feel but by what you believe. And finally, Jesus said, as I close, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You live by depending on the promises of God without asking for any further evidence besides His word. And blessed is the man or the woman who lives by this kind of faith. Amen? Would you not like to adopt this value in your own personal value system? You get in your car, you drive by faith. Amen? You go to work, you go by faith. You get up in the morning, you do it by faith. You may not feel like it, but you do it. You do it by faith. Amen? Your body may be screaming at you, but you do it by faith. Amen? You trust, you depend on the Lord to meet your needs. Not just your needs, but far and above your needs so you can bless someone else. You give, you give by faith. When it's time to give, you don't shrink back. You don't hold back what belongs to God. Why? Because you're trusting in the Lord. Now, your your giving is evidence of your trust. Not giving is evidence of your lack of faith. Amen? And God may tell you to give something beyond your time, beyond your offering. He may ask you or put on your heart to give something that's beyond your ability. If He tells you to do it, just know this, God knows your future better than you do. And he's asking you to sow seed for a great harvest that is coming when you need it. In my finances, that's how my wife and I have lived for 42 years. We have no debts. We don't live by debt, we live by faith. When I have a need, I don't wake up that morning and I say, oh, you know. No, you think ahead. Where are you going? What are you going to be needing in this ministry? You know, we have a budget in this church. We have a budget in our ministry. We have a budget in our traveling. I don't get up one morning and say, Oh, Lord, please give me so." No, it's already been set long before. When our kids were growing up, they needed to get married. To marry today a daughter takes money. Lots of it. Amen. I don't wake up one morning and say, oh, where are we going to find the money? I already made plans. What did you do, Pastor? I sowed seed. And when you sow your seed, you don't get the harvest the next week. Hello? Some of you are expecting a harvest, but you've not sown anything. What kind of faith is that? Hello? Put your faith where your mouth is. You say you believe, you live by faith. You trust in God. Not in your resources, not in your strength, not in what other people say. You know, living in South Africa today takes a lot of faith. Amen? Amen. We are going through transition. We are going through uh, times of change. There's a lot of fear, a lot of panic that is being spread around I'm not moved by that, amen? Are you moved by that? No, I'm moved by what God says. As long as He wants me to be here, I will be planted, and I will be here for as long as God wants me to be. I don't run away. I never ran from Zimbabwe. When things were difficult, I stayed right in the midst of trouble. I went to the army there. I went into the bush. Because God said, this is the land that I want you to stay at that time. You know, bullets were flying all around me one time. Nothing touched me. Why? Because I'm found in the will of God and because I chose to live by faith and not by fear. We have people today running away from South Africa. Why? Not for believers. Not because God told them to or God's sending them. They're leaving because of other other, um, factors. Amen? As I said, living by faith doesn't mean you go to bed every night worrying. You commit your present, your past, and your future in God's hands. Can we do that, folks? Can we start really living by faith and see the faithfulness of God in our lives so that others, when they see the blessing, they will be attracted to the God we love and serve?